podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Welsh Forest Focus. It's an FA Cup replay for Nottingham Forest as they draw 2-2 with Blackpool at City Ground after being 2-0 down. We'll discuss goals, goalkeepers and a little bit more in the company of, first of all, Reds fan Michael Temple. Temps, good evening. Are you well? Good, mate. Just trying to get a bit of feeling back in my fingers after a cold afternoon at the City Ground, but yeah, feeling okay. Yes, yeah, you were one who braved it, uh, so well done to you. Second guest this evening is Mark Southerns. Mark, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks, yeah. Largely frustrated after that result and display, but um, yeah, we can look at some of the positives as well, I'm sure. Well, kick us off, Mark, with the general thoughts before we mm. get into positives, negatives and a few names in the game. What did you make of it generally? Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of frustration because it's a waste opportunity for Forrest, isn't it? It would have been, I mean, first of all, we put a strong side out, which I guess that was the right thing to do. We wanted to get the result, get it out of the way and make sure we had the break. I mean, we should note that Brentford have got the replay. So I went into this thinking if we can get through, Brentford have got the replay before we play them. Um, you know, that's going to be, or they don't get the break that we get. So that would be an advantage. But, um, you know, we've we've given us, we've done it the hard way if we do it at all now. Um, it's not going to be easy going back to their place, as we found out last season. And, you know, we gave ourselves a mounted decline. Again, we've done it before, obviously, in games. We clawed our way back and it, it was, you know, there was a lot of moments of frustration, particularly with Danilo and Montiel for me, in particular those two. There was some quality as well. I thought Dominguez was good. Hudson Adoy had a good second half. Uh, Wood didn't take his chances that he got. They were kind of half chances, you could say, but you got to, you know, after the form he showed at Newcastle, you'd back in to put one away or get one on target. And um, yet again, you know, two shots on target from the opposition and the goalkeeper neither, near either of them. Um, and again, you can't really point the finger, but it's just remarkable that Vlacodimos just doesn't seem to be a factor when a shot goes in on our goal at all, does he? No, no. We'll come to Vlacodimos in one second with temps, I think. But first, uh, just a word for the sponsors, as ever, the Trent Navigation. Thanks to them for their support. I'm sure they'll send me a graphic in the next few days to plug their next event, but we appreciate their support as ever. So get down there uh, whenever you can. Vlacodimos temps. I mean, I've never seen a goalkeeper like him. and I don't mean that in a good way. He's like, he does, <laughs> it's a goal. You, he's ne- he, has he saved a shot? Did he saved one today that I'm not sure was a shot, but then it, was he to shot. blame free the goal? No, I mean, he, he, ne- he never has a howler, but he never saves anything. So he hasn't solved the question around Matt Turner for me. I still think he's probably better than, I'm sure he's better than Turner. But what what do we do with, what did you make of Lagodimos? And then what do we do about goalkeepers? Mate, I've never said this before, but I think this is a question that you probably want to answer yourself, isn't it? Uh, I thought you guys were prepared. No, not really. I, mean, I just don't know what to do with him. Is it his, Okay, I think maybe it's his positioning that he's not getting in the right place to save shots. But maybe, but he couldn't... I don't think he could have saved the first one because it was a really good header from uh, Gabriel who used to play for us. And the second one, it looked like a good ball across the box, but he's kind of in a funny position. And he comes for crosses and doesn't get near them. His kicking looks fine. But their keeper's better on the ball than either of our keepers. Not that he's a better keeper than them. So I'm really like... I mean, I look at Vakolomos' CV and think, he must be good. But I watch him play for us and I'm like struggling to see what it is about him. But like I say, he's so confusing because he's not awful. And I think he must be better than Turner. But I wanted to come out of this game thinking, well, he's made two mm. or three good saves. He's kicked the ball exactly. well. 
let's roll with him now. And we might not need to buy a goalie because we don't know about the money situation, obviously. It's kind of still up in the air now. I mean, I'd still pick him for the next game because I think I've seen enough of Turner. But there's so many question marks there, aren't there? Yeah, I said to you in the week that I didn't enjoy watching the, the crisis of confidence that, that Matt Turner's having. And, and my want was for Lekodimos to come in and stick his flag in the ground and say, this is this is mine for a bit, but he, but he didn't. I'm probably not judging him too harshly on, on the goals because the error from Montiel um, for the first one, Yatesy giving the ball away for the second one, but also a really positive run for, from, from Morgan to, to score that goal. As you say, strange positioning from the keeper and neither Montiel nor Danilo tracking the, the runner for the goal. So he hasn't instilled confidence. He's probably reinforced the belief that I think most Forest fans have and that we have to take some action in the transfer window to recruit a keeper who can be a marked improvement on Turner and Vlacodimus because neither of them are emerging from this race with uh, too much credit or instilling too much confidence from Forest fans and the, and the Forest players. So... You're right. It's hard to pin down where it's going wrong for him. We know the weakness with, with Turner is um, decent hands, questionable feet, but he, he's not instilling confidence. And that's what I had from Samba. That's what I had from Navas, um, to, to a, probably to a slightly lesser extent, what I had from, from Henderson. So I've come out of that game still thinking that we need to throw the dice, spin the wheel on a keeper, because what we have within the side at the minute um, isn't going to match the ambition that we we have for this team in terms of a, a league position. So big opportunity for him, but one that unfortunately didn't take. It's such a big topic, Mark. What do you think about? Because he didn't have a lot to do, so it's mm. tough to judge him. But he's let two goals in again. It's you know, were they yeah. his fault? What was your take on it? No, they weren't his fault. But the thing is, like I had a look at this before we started. He's he's had five starts in the Premier League, twenty-two shots on target. He's faced. He's saved ten of them. That's the lowest save rate of any Premier League keeper. Like even lower than keepers have only played one or two games. So, and then today it happened again. Both shots on target, was nowhere near them, couldn't blame him. Is it is it just bad fortune, like great finishing by the opponent and every time he's given no chance or is it his positioning at fault? Because it's a pretty awful record that so far. And I was really hoping today we got, I thought, well, we might get some minutes, you know, from some of the um, like second string players as well and, Perhaps we, you know, we go tune it up, we'll be able to rest a few, and then perhaps, yeah, Vlokodimos will get a few confidence boost in saves, and we can be definite. You're absolutely right. That's what I want. It's one of the things I had on my list to achieve from today's game, and we didn't get it. We come out with no answer on that. Um, you've got to think that we're like we said in the previous show, we've got to get a keeper in on loan. We've got to we've got to get someone experienced who can like instill confidence, but also stop some of those efforts on goal. I mean, it's just so frustrating because Turner does have the shot-stopping ability, it seems. He's proven that. His save rate is 70% compared to um, Lokodimus, which is 45. But he's so awful with his feet. And even today when the ball went back to a keeper, I felt more confident. Like, you know, with the, with the feet, he looked better. With it, he looked more comfortable distributing to the back four. It wasn't a lot of that. He didn't have a lot to do, but... Yeah, it was annoying that we didn't come out of any conclusion on the goalkeeper situation other than, yeah, we still move for a new one. Yeah. I mean, I want to like feel like... Because there was that phase last season where everything that teams hit from outside the area flew past Dean Henderson. And I don't remember thinking yeah. Henderson was at fault for them. So I kind of want to naively think that's the case. But there's, like you say, over 12 games, that's a big enough kind of sample size to think he should be saving 
more shots so it is a big problem going forwards um good evening to 250 plus people with us already in the first five minutes which is great um and uh do uh, like and subscribe as ever and i'll do another plug for that later when uh, as we go along temps how bad was the first half was it really bad because i was really confident we'd win the game at half time obviously we didn't because i didn't think i thought there was a way to win it still but how far off it were we first half look tell me what you think in the comments here but i think blackpool came to play for the first half hour they weren't lumping it they were content to build from their own half they were happy to play one twos with a keeper who looked relatively comfortable uh, on the ball they they weren't playing the the low block and it, it worked didn't it they, they weren't goals from nothing they they crafted those chances in their spell in the game which was the first 25 minutes so so first and foremost for for league one opposition to come away uh, and do that you, you have to give credit to to, to blackpool they, they just did not allow us to to settle to find any kind of uh, rhythm and they were they, they were quite impressive and took the chances that they they carved for themselves so at that point yeah it, it looks like there was no way back for for forest we had the first chance in the game which was from the ball in behind which was what they didn't appear comfortable in dealing with so um chris wood's first half uh performance could have could have been the difference he had that clipped ball through which he he, he um brought down from the sky and, and blazed over and he had that chance just before half time, which he, he sent wide of the post. So that, that was the difference between the two sides. They took the chances um, where we didn't. And at 2 0, I genuinely, genuinely thought there was, there was no way back. So was it them being positive or us being negative? It was a, a combination of the two because despite the chances that they had, we did have plenty of possession and we were wasteful with it. We saw Danilo struggling to find his man. I thought he was quite lucky not to be. Um, dragged for Mangala uh, at halftime. Um, we saw a, a defence undone on two occasions through mistakes of, of our own making. And we didn't quite have that creativity in midfield. Having praised um, the positioning of Dominguez in the Man United game, where he, he played almost as a ghost winger, tucking in to become a fourth um, centre mid. He was he was pretty anonymous in, in that period at the start of the um, that the first half, Nuno was 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 quite keen on the rotation, and at various points, Gibbs White went left wing, right wing, in the ten spot, and I think Dominguez and, and Hudson Odoi uh, rotated with with him as well. So yeah, I'm crediting Blackpool for the first half hour. They they didn't allow us to settle. They turned it into a proper cup tie and took the chances that were presented to them. But as a Premier League team, blooding players that probably expect to, to find themselves back in the side and blooding the back four, which is now our first choice back four until the end of the African Nations Cup. We, we have to be really disappointed um, with that start. We did the business to, to pull it back, as we'll talk about in a bit. But uh, yeah, it was. It was flat. It was a quiet city ground. And we were being mocked by the, the Blackpool fans for that for that first 30 minutes and there was some understandable frustration both on the pitch and in the stand did we see the kind of one of the big problems that i think cost cooper his job mark that we just can't dominate when we have the ball and dominate possession we really struggle to create proper chances it was only really the first goal where i thought wood did well to create actual space in behind the other chance we created was just a long ball over the top which wood took down well but generally 
you know, we've laboured all season against teams at home where we're supposed to do better, haven't we? Yeah, we we, we definitely laboured again. I thought the, the absence of Alanga was clear. I mean, he's a, he's he's frustrated us at times, but he is an outlet. He is he is someone who can drive and win us territory, get us down the pitch, cut ball backs for full backs or or for Wood, and you know he's been a, a source of assists and goals all season, hasn't he? Which you know belies what I expected from him. He's actually exceeded my expectations. So we did miss him, and Hudson Odoi really struggled in the first half. Again, what Nuno did, what what's encouraging for me is Nuno reacted. Nuno once again pushed on from fullback. He brought Tavares on for Toffolo to give us that little bit more pace and drive going forward because he didn't expect too much coming the other way. And that's exactly how it turned out. Good job because when Tavares is going back the other way, he looks very, very ropey indeed. Got the book in. Um, so I don't think he's someone that we're going to start, but he's definitely someone who can come off the bench and give us that little bit more impetus. What that did, it, it pushed Hudson-Odoi further up, got him one-on-one more often because Tavares was bombing forward at every opportunity and giving them an overload on that side. So Hudson Odoi got his, his fullback one-on-one, which he wasn't able to do in the first half. And he was a source of a lot of creativity. We didn't have that in the first half. Hudson Odoi has to swap wings, but we couldn't get him in the game. Obviously, we didn't have a langer and Dominguez was drifting in and out. I thought Dominguez played well. He, he particularly you know, got a hold of the game in the second half with Gibbs White. I thought those two you know, stepped up again. We were just more aggressive in the first half. And again, what's positive there is Nuno clearly instilled that in them at half-time, made the positive change with Tavares for Toffolo, and it did have an effect in the second half. So that's the big positive for me, is that we've got obviously got a manager who's able to make changes in the right way that get an effect. So that's a positive. But yeah, like first half, it was very much similar to what we've seen early in the season. Lots of possession, no real attacking outlet, no real creativity because we couldn't get Gibbs White and Hudson and Doy in the game. And would need service. He's not. He's not our knee. He's not going to. He's not going to get us something out of nothing with pace and strength. So, it just wasn't there in the first half. And I put a few comments up there, temps around Tavares, basically around the theme of good going forwards nightmare defensively, which is probably a big problem for him in the Premier League because I'd really struggle to start him in the Premier League. But I don't know. Is he an option off the bench? Does it feel like we've seen enough to send him back to Arsenal? Where are you at on Tavares? No, he hasn't convinced me yet. I mean, I, I still haven't quite forgotten the Arsenal performance when he got dragged first half after she went through him when he was still at left back in acres of space playing for Arsenal against Forest in the game they got uh, turned over in. So big opportunity for him today. I think it was a, a bold move from Nuno to give him an opportunity to to play at home. And no, he didn't, didn't quite take it for me. We have um, better options in that in that position and I think it would be a stretch to give him any minutes even from the bench in the in the Premier League so yeah look he did he or did he not deserve that chance to start a cup game against a league one side I'm not sure but he didn't grasp it he didn't make himself undroppable so I think he goes back into that that pile of uh, of, of players that are even in this this period of time where um, we're bereft of the African players, is, is still not um, going to figure in the Premier League. He really went in half-hearted for a header as well, which I didn't like. And it was a really good attacking position. If he'd gone in for that, he could have won it. But yeah, I, I, I thought the benefit of him, Mark, was what you said. He let hudson Adoy get further up the pitch and isolate the fullback. It was arguably a little lucky to get away with what was a pretty wild swing game on the touchline. 
I think he only got booked for it, but he had two swings at him. But yeah, um, Hudson was always probably the was he the biggest bright spot of the game or Gibbs White for you? Yeah, Hudson Odoi and 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 Gibbs White and and a, a bit of Dominguez as well. I thought those three showed some drive and aggression in the second half that we needed. I think what I will say about Tavares was I looked at the bench and thought, well, that was about the only attacking change Nuno could make because Tavares is an attacking player. He's 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 a better wing back than he is a full back, and you know he's someone that when he's on the pitch, we, you look at him and think, well, he can give us something going forward. What options did he have? He had Aguilera and Osong, and that was it. He didn't have any other options to change it, change the attacking nature of our, our lineup. So he did the only move he could do, I think. And he did it, mm. you know, he did it effectively, he did it soon enough to make a difference. That's the worry, though, isn't it? We're going into the window and we can point to the African Cup of Nations absentees, but none of them were attacking players, really. And Aronie has stayed behind. Okay, he's not fit, but it just shows you how how bereft we are of attacking options, really, because he didn't have anything there that he could bring on to change the game other than a wing-back who was slightly more attacking than the one we had on the pitch. So I think that kind of, hopefully, that's a message that we have to make some attacking signings. We've got to give him more options. Another wide player, and, and again, not being able to take Wood off or throw another central striker on was a problem. We probably would have won the game with another central striker option on that pitch because we were getting crosses into the box, but only had Wood really to aim for. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think Danilo was a big disappointment for me today. I think he's the one that I pick out. I really wanted to see more from him. He was up against league on opposition. He should have really taken the opportunity to shine and run the game. And he was quite erratic, inconsistent. Again, gave the ball away, didn't track his man back, didn't really get forward enough to lend himself to any threat in the box. So for me, he was a big disappointment if, if Hudson Odoi was the, was the positive. That does lead nicely into the one player I thought he might have bought on Temps, although not an attacking player. I'm really confused about, uh, well, not really confused, it's quite early days still, but Mangala doesn't seem to be getting a kick. As Mark says, Danilo was a bit off it. I don't like Ryan Yates being the one to come and take the ball off of defenders. That's not his game, but it kind of is Mangala's game. What, are, you, are you as surprised as me that Mangala's just not getting a look in in these games? So every player in the squad's had a bit of a reset, haven't they? And those that are out of favour have, have come come back in at some point and been able to show Nuno what they can do. Mangala was in possession. So he started Nuno's first game against Bournemouth and 25 minutes later, Willie Bolly sent off, Bournemouth flood the midfield and Mangala in that game did look lightweight. He was pushed off the ball. He was slightly wasteful in, in possession, but it, he wasn't handled with the same forgiveness that Danilo, for example, or Chris Wood. Or, or, or Gibbs White off the back of his form in the back end of the, the Cooper era were, were handed. So Mangala is the unluckiest player in this squad in that those of us that have watched uh, the, the, the full season unfold probably were calling for him to come on, get his foot on the ball in the place of Danilo and give us that, that poise, that range of passing, that consistency, which has been the hallmark of Mangala's time at Forest. So... Yeah, I think he was extremely unlucky. I think today was a, a game that he needed to play. Today was a chance for him to redeem, restore the form that he, he'd put in at the, the, the front of the season. And I was as surprised as I think both of you are that he, he didn't get a start. And beyond that, minutes minutes from the bench to, to show what he can do. So, so yeah, I, I completely agree with the sentiment of that question. 
um, that Oromangala was the unlucky man today and should have been given a far more prominent role than warming up and watching. Yeah, he did suffer in that Bournemouth game, but they are quite a physical midfield. Like Billing's absolutely massive, so I'm a bit surprised he hasn't um, featured. But I'm sure he will. I'd be really, really surprised if he doesn't get, get more minutes going into Brentford and beyond because he has been our elite, well, our, certainly our best midfielder um, of the season for me. A couple of people asking about Aguilera as well, thought he might have got on. Um, Clifford's asking about Divock Origi if he was injured. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was sat in the stands watching, so we had the young uh, Osong sat on the bench, but he can't really bring a, a kid on in these games. Um, we haven't really looked at the goals, Mark. The first goal was a bit of a stinker, really. Um, Montiel, who's been really good previously, I thought he was. I thought he was our worst player more than Danilo um, today. As good as he's been previously, he was disappointing today. Really poor header out from him. What was your take on the first goal? Yeah, it was. It was a bad header to head it back across goal and and so weakly, not not clear the box was was just you know asking for an opponent to punish us really. Um, yeah, he was up and down all game. Obviously, he set the. The first goal go up and have Argentinian connection with Dominguez, of course. So he somewhat got some of that credit back by doing that. But yeah, he was very patchy all game. I think he had a few opportunities second half where he could have delivered better passes, better crosses, and he didn't take them. Shame because he's been one of the most impressive performers under Nuno. I don't think that'll matter. I think Nuno likes him. Um, so I don't think Montiel's starting role was in question. But yeah, the first goal was sloppy. And then, yeah, I mean, my concern is Blackpool. While they came to play football, attempts is right. In the first 20 minutes, they definitely went toe-to-toe with us. They didn't really create too much. They created two chances and scored two goals. And I'm just worried about Ivan Tony, who warmed up with a hat-trick for Brentford B team. We're going to be facing potentially an elite Premier League striker there in a team with low on confidence without their big creative force in Mambomo. But still, you think Brentford are going to cause us a lot more problems than Blackpool. And the back four, and certainly Danilo, was found wanted in terms of covering that back four. Um, so that's worrying for me. Both the nature of both goals, we were exposed quite badly on both. The keeper was not a factor, and we didn't track back from midfield. And unfortunately, I think the eleven is going to be very similar. Um, so we've got to improve that aspect of our performance when we go to to Brentford um, on Saturday week. Second goal wasn't great viewing either. Temps, you know, no one's tracking a runner. I'm not sure who it was meant to be without. Seeing the the wider view, maybe it was Hudson Adore, I don't know, but Montiel goes into the middle. Warrell probably lets a cross get in too easily. People in the comments saying Warrell didn't look interested. I don't really see that. I think people, you know, there's reports he's going, and people are thinking, oh, he's got his cigar on the beach. But I didn't think he was disinterested. I don't think he had a particularly great game, and I don't think anyone did really, did they? Well, he wasn't disinterested because I don't see a back four beyond those four until the end of AFCON, as, as I said at the, the, the top of this. I think that is the team that um, uh, Nuno wants to pick. I watched Mark's podcast the other day and his view is the impact of the, the AFCON departees is a guaranteed start for, for Toffolo and for, and for Worrell. Um, and, and, and I agree. Uh, yeah, the cro- look, the cross got in. It was a decent cross, but Morgan's ran off Danilo, ran past Montiel uh, and tapped into an empty net back stick. So credit them for that. Good cross, decent composed finish. But but yeah, we have to be wiser to a pretty basic run from centre mid to the back stick that we, sh- we should be defending um, far, far better than we were. So that's a very disappointing goal to concede. What about Omar Bamadeli, um, Mark? 
I mean, he. I was just trying to think, is there another option beyond Worrell if Felipe's injured? I'm not sure there is. If he's not going to pick Omobamidelli in this game, then I don't see why he's going to pick him in the Premier League, is he? No, I think it was right, though, to give Worrell the, the 90 because, you know, he's first choice mm. for Brentford, so he is always going to start him. Uh, Omobamidelli, I mean, he, he comes with um, a good, you know, good kind of reputation in the Championship. He's a ball-playing centre-back rather than a dominating figure back there. We've already got one of those in Murillo. Can we afford to play two, you know, in, in the Premier League? Um, I think it would be... I mean, I feel exposed. When you look at the bench, we've got McKenna and Omar Babadeli as the backup. We're, we're exposed there as well. So the, I think if there's a theme coming out of this podcast so far, is the lack of depth suddenly looks... We look threadbare without the six players absent, um, both in central defence and in attacking areas. So it is, it is a real concern. I mean, Wall, Wall performed okay. He wasn't... He wasn't particularly poor. I don't see anything. I think people are trying to look for faults uh, in Joe's game because there's rumours about him going, like you say. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a concern because he hasn't been playing. He hasn't had the 90 minutes in first-team selection for quite a while now, and it's a new partnership with Murillo. And Murillo's got his faults as well. He wasn't brilliant today either. So it's a worry going up against Tony uh, a week on Saturday for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think he chews gum during the game and stuff and looks a bit you know, chilled out, but I don't really care about that. I mean, he needs some. He and generally everyone needed to move the ball quicker and more incisively mm. and get further up the pitch first half, but I don't really uh, see anything in in his demeanour or anything. I just think it was a pretty flat performance um, all round, certainly. We should give a word to our goals then, obviously, Temps. The first one was really well worked, wasn't it? As I said, I thought Wood did well and Montiel redeemed himself. And Dominguez does show an eye for goal, doesn't he, as well? Extremely well worked. So that, that was the result of Dominguez ghosting from the right-hand side into the 10 spot. Created so much space for Montiel. Ball is worked wide. And then we saw this twice in the game. So D Dominguez finds that space in and around the penalty spot. And it's, it's a fantastic header to finish from uh, a pinpoint. Montiel cross. But you fast forward to the other side of half time, and Dominguez has a far easier chance from the Hudson Adoy cross and 50p head. It's in rosette of the, the, the lower trend. So there's definitely something in that Dominguez timing is run into the box, finding a pocket space in and around the penalty spot. And if we're analyzing that first goal, yeah, that, that was how the formation should work. He goes off the right wing, creates all kinds of space for his fullback, who's extremely advanced. Ball's worked out, takes it in his stride and finds finds Dominguez running onto it. Great downward header. Keeper's got absolutely no chance. But yeah, as, as I say, a, a far easier chance presents itself early second half, which can change the pace of the game. And inexplicably, he, he, he pings it way over the crossbar. So yeah, credit him for that goal. But I think that the missed Chris Wood chances in the first half and the missed Dominguez header at the start of the second half is the reason we've now got a, a you know a pretty annoying trip to Blackpool, and the Yates one as well. Probably he should Yates should bury that, shouldn't he, Mark? I think. Yeah, it was really. a good save, but he shouldn't again. I think the defender took something off it. There was a debate whether it hit the defender on the way through the keeper as well. Yeah, it, it, and, and there was the one that Hudson Adore dragged across and Wood just couldn't get there late on. So we had, we had opportunities. We'd expect that though. We expect to create chances against a League One side. Um, I think the goals were positive because Dominguez continues to show that fox in the box mentality, that composure when he gets chances. I thought, you know, he's he's good in the air as we saw against Burnley and 
was it Burnley school? Was it the what was the what was the head? Was the Everton going? Brentford, Brentford wasn't it? The yeah, Lucan one over Flecken. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got he's got that prowess in the air. He's got the composed finish that we saw against United. So he definitely get, brings us something like Danilo did further forward. And then the other big positive is Gibbs White again getting on the score sheet. We talked a lot in previous podcasts about not having an end product from Gibbs White, and suddenly he's popped up with two fine and crucial goals. So. That will do him a world of good. You know, he's becoming a factor now. He's becoming someone we can look to to get us a goal from 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 range. Um, but we do need more threat in the box, and Wood's not enough. He need, we need someone to back him up. Um, I don't know how long Taro is out for. We don't know. Probably think not end of the month, early February, before he's a factor. So a couple of games at least before we get any help for Wood. And him playing 90 minutes without any backup is going to be tough. So... Yeah, that's that's the big worry for me is we just don't carry enough for it. We haven't got anyone there to come on and help or relieve Chris Wood when when legs are tired. Uh, if you're enjoying it as ever, do like and subscribe. Help us out. Very much appreciate it. So we've got over 200 reviews on iTunes now and very grateful for all those. Anyone called you a big... bit yet? No, I really um, shot myself in the foot there by you know publicising that, didn't I? Because it's stuck. Your LinkedIn person didn't stick, though, did it? So, no, you got yeah, away Yeah, if you haven't reviewed us yet, get on Apple, give us five stars. Tell Davis he looks like a vicar. And repeat <laughs> the mantra about me me being a typical LinkedIn tit or whatever that. <laughs> it was worse than that, that but, yeah, it was, it was on that theme. Mark Mark joined us since then. So, yeah, if you want to throw some shade at Mark in a, yeah, in a, jovial, yeah. a jovial, yeah. nice way, then then do that. Yeah, not, not nasty. Um, Gibbs White as well, Temps. It's good to see kind of, talismanic players in teams are always a big thing and we've needed that from him and he actually he didn't really grab the game by the scruff of the neck but he did ping one in the top corner and you can't ever complain about that can you what a strike he usually tries to finesse that with the inside of his foot doesn't he and just curl it into the corner but that that was laces and he absolutely stanched it so yeah credit to to, to morgan for, for that goal credit to callum hudson adoy as well because i i think one of the the arts of wing players to give yourself options and he got to the byline there and rather than drilling across into the mixer or standing it up back stick, he, he played the simplest of balls at 45 degrees to, to Morgan Gibbs-White and in that pocket of space, he, you know, he, he did what we, we all want him to do more of, didn't he? He found the target and it absolutely flew in. So I, I do like the confidence that Nuno is instilled in him and that first and foremost, he's our number 10. We're going to build a side around him. We're going to give him, him the runners that, that he needs. But at the same time, if we need to um expose a flaw in an opposing fullback by sticking him wide for a period of time we can he popped up on right wing and left wing today uh dominguez and hudson adoy both found themselves interchangeable so it, it was a, a decent performance that's one of the themes that's that's emerged from this this nuno reign so far is that gibbs white is absolutely central to his planning he wants him on on the ball in that 10 spot later in the move rather than being the guy that that brings it out from from defence, and I, I think we're seeing the best of him as a result of that. There were fears that the arrival of Nuno would be bad news for Gibbs White. The opposite has been applied. He said publicly that this was an 18-year-old kid that he, you know, he couldn't afford the patience to to blood in that chapter of the development at Wolves. But now Morgan Gibbs White is a Premier League ready player. He's our talisman. He's, he's going to have that 10 spot for the rest of the season. Yeah, he he and I know he's, I've said about Hudson and Doy. They were the two positives for me. Hudson and Doy running at his fullback and looking more confident second half, 
And I think it goes back to what Mark says as well about squad depth with Elanga. Like, we really needed a second winger in that game, I think, to stretch the play, stretch the field a bit more. And we just mm. haven't got one. So I think that's an issue going into January. If we can fix that, I think that would benefit us massively. The only other thing, Mark, I'd noted down, I wanted to talk about briefly, was dead balls. Danilo mm. was on them. Yeah. Uh, not great, not awful. But, you know, mm. two minutes, very Gibbs White-esque hitting the near post and they headed out. Gibbs White took a couple of stinkers as well. It's not the biggest issue to to examine, but it, again, it was wasn't great today, was it? Corners and free kicks. No, I mean, our set piece coach hasn't quite got the publicity that the Aston Villa one has got as yet. It's early days, but there's hope that we get a few camera shots of our set piece coach in the coming months because we're going to need to convert some set plays. Uh, and Danilo, yeah, I mean, I kind of it was good to see that they weren't all on Gibbs White because I think. Loading him up with every set play has, has probably drained him, and perhaps this is a tactic of Nuno to get, get him to share them, so we get more energy out of Gibbs White in areas where he can hurt opponents because his set ball, set his dead ball deliveries haven't been to this point. Um, Danilo was yeah very predictable, though, wasn't he? Delivery to the near post every single time. It was the same corner, so I've yet to see anything new, any new routines. There's been a few short corners to the edge of the box. I think I've spotted a few of those, but I'm waiting to see the impact of the set piece coaching that um, has benefited other teams because we definitely, we're definitely going to need that. Right. So it's, um, yeah, it, I, I, I welcome the fact that Gibbs White's not taking them all. Cause I think it is too much for him. Toffolo was taking a few originally. Um, Hudson Adoy has dabbled as well, but it does seem like Danilo's now on them as well from that side. So, Hopefully, hopefully we'll see some positive results from those in the coming weeks. Um, how do you feel about the replay probably last the attempts? I think they start uh, next Friday and they kind of expanded through the following week, if I've got that right. I mean, is it a complete pain in the backside or, you know, do you take it and, you know, hope it's the start of an FA, FA Cup run? How are you feeling about it and our chances of winning? Cause you were very confident we'd win this game and obviously we haven't. How are you feeling about the away fixture? Last week, I took my five-year-old daughter to see Shrek the Musical in Blackpool and had absolutely no plans to return at any point in my life. I think it's the last thing that we needed. I probably got a few speeding tickets on, on the way out of there. And without wanting to offend the town, I applaud people like Matt Kane in the, in the comments who said, uh, look on the bright side, lads. We're going to have a night out in Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Enjoy enjoy that, Max. I, I don't think the Forest players will. And that's that's the, the, the trauma of this result is, you know, jokes aside about um, play, playing and spending time in, in, in Blackpool. It's a game that we didn't need. It's a game that we didn't want. We're not going to learn anything about any players. It, it's, it's just an inconvenience um, all round. I think that, that's how it will be viewed. And I'll I'll reflect on on those those missed chances from uh, Woody and and Nico as, as the reason why we, why we we didn't come through in this one because look the the stats we're disappointed right for the Premier League team playing against a League One side but I think we had seventy one percent possession I've noted down seven nil in our favour on corners seventeen shots of which only six were on target so we were quite wasteful today and yeah look it's uh, it's, it's it's a game that we didn't need I'll. I'll leave it at that rather than uh, yeah, further banishing any prospect of me working for the Blackpool Tourist Board. Um, Scott in the comments is asking how the musical was. <laughs> I don't know. Was it any good? Absolutely first rate. Yeah, it's on it's on tour. So if you've got a, a little girl who's musical obsessed like I have, then I thoroughly recommend 
Shrek as a day out. I was actually there on the day where everyone was flapping about the tower being on fire. And it turned out some fella had tied an orange sheet to it. It was flapping away in the wind. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, had an amusing 48 hours in, uh, in, in Blackpool. But I'll repeat my wrong assertion from earlier in the week. And you know, we will come through this tie. Um, just, just, yeah, we're taking the long route, won't we? But, yeah, Scott Markham, How I Shrek the Musical, 10 out of 10, mate. 10 out of 10. James asked his question about the window. We'll, we'll probably pick that up on Monday, James, with Prots and Greg when we uh, branch the conversation out a bit more uh, into the, the game and other stuff in general. Uh, Mikey said um, after the game, Mark, that Nuno had, I think it was the subs or the players out on the pitch running them. I assume he was, he'd be pretty pissed off today. Would he, Nuno, do you think? We don't know him well, but he didn't look best pleased on the touchline, did he? No, but he would have wanted the, the extra week with the team, wouldn't he, to prepare for the Brentford game? Because Brentford don't have that luxury. They've, they've, got to, they've got to go to Wolves for the replay before they play us on the Saturday. So if we'd have got through, we'd have had that big advantage of having more time with the team as well as less minutes in the legs. And now we've lost that advantage um, in what is a crucial game. You know, like I look at our fixtures and think, if we can get three points at Brentford, that really puts them really in amongst it and gets us clearer, right? So it's a, I, I think it's a key fixture now, this one. And I do think we've got a chance of getting a result there, given the confidence that we would have taken into it had we won this game today off the back of the two wins of the Premier League and Brentford are on a terrible run. So, yeah, um, it, it makes the Brentford game more difficult now. I, you know, I'd, I'd like a cut run, but really that's secondary to you know, making sure we cement our place in the Premier League. So... Whatever it takes to do that is what's important for me. And um, yeah, unfortunately, I think the, the trip to Blackpool midweek is is, is going to take take it out of us. It's going to lose us time on the training ground and it's a blow. So I'm sure he is very frustrated. Yeah, and we'll know by then about this FFP stuff, um, I'm sure, according to the media reports. So, But I do think it's a big game regardless, certainly. Um, a point a point or a win there would, would be huge. Uh, any final thoughts before we go, Temps? Yeah, look, how well researched is Mark when he pulls out stats like the the goalkeeper stuff there. And I mean, I watched I watched your podcast in full for the first time this week, and really enjoyed that table about um, Im- impacts of Afcon and the kind of uh, analysis that informs team selection and who you might want to look at. And it, it just reinforced why I'm so terrible at FPL <laughs> and the, le- the levels that you boys have to go to to uh, um, to, to get yourselves where you are in the, in, in the table. So yeah, credit credit for that. Um, and yeah, beyond that, I think just just glancing now ahead to to that Brentford game, it's absolutely massive, isn't it? Mm. And we, we we come away from there with, um, with with three points. I think Jack in the comments said it was a six pointer. Uh, I I don't particularly enjoy that phrase, but um he's he's right to give it that billing because it could be the game in which we surpass crystal palace and and, and get ourselves looking towards that that full and bournemouth uh, access access that we we came up from the the championship with and, and get right in and amongst that or or it could plunder us um to towards the um to, towards that trapdoor so yeah a, a huge um game in prospect disappointed that we've still got another Cup replay to, to squeeze in before we before we get to that, um, but have every confidence from the body of work I've seen from Nuno so far that we'll go there and get a give a positive account of ourselves. 
Um, this is a kind offer from Lee in the comments. I assume this is just for us and not for the 330 plus people watching Leo. It could be an expensive round, but thanks for that uh, to get down the nav. Certainly appreciate that. Hey, Mars, Mark's... I saw the nav boys at half time. So uh, Willens was there and the and the gaffer from the nav as well. So they they they've had a disappointing day out of the city ground today as well. Um, but, but yeah, thank, thanks to them for all their support. They are big Forest fans as well. And I know Dave, the boss, listens to this and some of the others. Even the person who uh, does the accounts is a big Forest fan. Home and away, Jess, I'll give her a shout out if she listens to this. Um, Mark's too modest to plug his own stuff. So FPL Black Box, if anyone wants to listen to that. Uh, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and his roaming videos around uh, the wilds yeah. of, of Sussex and garden centres with uh, selfie cams and all that stuff looking, looking yeah. not at all dodgy. Do you, want to read, do you want to read out Emily's? Do you want to read out Emily's view from the from the game? She's just she's just given you a three sentence update, which oh, probably summarises everything we've, we've said over forty five minutes. I'm <laughs> sure it's appropriate. It. Uh, some of it is. Some of it is. Any final words, Mark? While I proofread and filter. No, I, I, I just again, it, it's funny, isn't it? Because the, the old cliche will be: if you ask Nuno about the replay, he'll say, "Oh yeah, we're 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 definitely concentrating on that game. We're not thinking of Brentford afterwards." I can't imagine that will be the case, though. I mean, that's what's frustrating. I think Nuno would wanted to clean the slate and just now focus on that Brentford game, and certainly to the media and you know maybe to some internally, he'll he'll have to portray the idea that he's not doing that. That he's obviously wants the cut one and he's thinking about Blackpool first and foremost, and not even giving a thought to Brentford. But I imagine he is, like all of us here, we're all looking to that Brentford game as one of the most important games we've played in the last three or four months, and probably going forward as well so that's that's the key thing for me that it, now this replay has got in the way of that um but i i think i know enough about noon i've seen enough to think it won't stop him making sure we're prepared for the brentford game he'll still be getting his staff looking at that now and it might not be the players focus yet and it would have been had we not had the replay but it's certainly Nuno will have one eye on it no matter what he says to the media ahead of the replay i'm sure yeah no doubt no doubt emily's view filtered uh, Gibbs White had a good game. Thought Tavares uh, did. A, I was surprised at how well Tavares did. Hudson and Doy good. Danilo frustrating. Not a defensive midfielder. Mister Langer. The, the edited bit is about the Kodimos. Uh, not you, not. You could have just impressed. read that, Matt. Me and Tim could have had the night off. He could have just read that. That's basically what we said. <laughs> true. True. Right. Thanks to everyone who watched along. Very much appreciate your company as ever. Back. Uh, it's tomorrow, isn't it? It's Sunday evening. Back tomorrow at half eleven with um, Prutz and Greg, uh, and we'll get their take on this game and general stuff around the club and uh, Forest and the game, I guess, in general. Uh, so do join us for that. Uh, Temps, thank you very much. Cheers, fellas. See you soon. Mark, uh, outstanding domestic negotiator with your partner yes. who's let you do another podcast at 8.30. You can plug that if you want quickly. Yeah, I'm on Above Average FBL podcast at 8.30 if anyone wants to listen to that, if they're into FBL. Um, I don't know if it'd be like a two-hour show like Black Box, but it, it's a long one. It's in-depth. I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, brownie points. I'm, I'm out now. My bank is... The cupboard is dry on brownie points, so I'm going to struggle to get uh, to get podcast license and free to do podcasts in the next week, but hopefully back soon. Well, we haven't got any home games for ages, so you don't need to cash in any chips yeah. to get up to games. So you're all right on that front. You probably played quite a good hand today. Uh, right. So yes. Thanks very much, Mark Temps, and everyone who watched. Have a good evening, and hopefully you can join us in the morning with Prutz and Greg. Sports Social Podcast Network.